Welcome back to another special episode of And Then There Were Two. Um, we've been away for a while. I get that, but <laughs> <laughs> had a couple, a couple, a couple minor inconveniences. You know, so we're back. At, we're out, we're both back in school now, so we kind of had to figure out how to navigate that. But I'm here with Surfing today, as always, and um, we have some good topics to dive into. So let's go ahead and jump right into it, man. Like I said, we both moved back, moved back into college, so. And that's kind of been an experience in these COVID times and whatnot like that. So I kind of want to get perspective on how that was, the move-in process. And then I know you've been on campus for maybe like two or three weeks now. So just yeah. how, how is life? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's, it's different. It's different. And the crazy thing is that, you know, our policy at school now is that everyone is required to wear a mask. That's obvious. So, But the way that they've been doling out punishments has been wild to say the least like they want to make sure that we are able to stay on campus they actually you know if you get two write-ups you've seen without your mask two times you get removed from campus like completely removed you got to go home and they've done that to actually a couple of people you know so they're really strict on, on that <laughs> and also we're we're going through some hybrid classes so this gives us a lot of free time, honestly, because usually on Tuesdays and Thursdays, you know how you go into class for an hour, 15 minutes, right? Right. And right. now, instead of going on Tuesday, you go on third. Half the class goes on Thursday. Half the class um, goes on Tuesday. And the other half is online during the meantime. Like, either – usually it's not that you're on Zoom, like, while at the same time the other section of the class is in there, but rather you have an assignment to do during the class period. So it's been, I can't say that I don't like it because honestly, I'm a big fan of that hybrid classes. I've been able to enjoy a lot of my free time. Um, unfortunately, we can't do any parties or anything like that. But, you know, that's a test to be expected. <laughs> <laughs> but just gave me a lot of free time to do my other activities that I have at school. You know, some student government stuff, um, other uh, student organizations that I'm in. So it's been it's been well for me. And different to say the least man i completely understand that and it's good to you know kind of hear what you guys are going through in perspectives because like i said well, obviously what we're doing is not normal at all you know what i'm saying uh, truth be told we probably shouldn't be on campus but i mean i'm happy to be here <laughs> you know but um it's just the situations are so different like i know you you mentioned hybrid classes um well, the way Bridgewater's doing it, pretty much if you're on campus and, like, your teacher wants to have regular in-person class, it's just kind of like a regular a regular school day with masks. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, they gave students the, op, the option to opt out and um, pretty much do everything online. So, you know, we'll have half the class that are, you know what I'm saying, we're on campus, we'll be in class present. And then, like, the other half that chose to opt out, they'll be on Zoom, literally on the projector screen so we can see <laughs> <laughs> it is the it is the funniest thing, bro. Like <laughs> catching people that are like knocked out and sleep at home, bro. It is so funny. Like I promise you, that's happened on multiple occasions, and I felt so bad for the guys. But hey, man, it's it's what you signed up for. But um, I will say I could I commend Coker on sending people home immediately <laughs> when it comes to these masks <laughs> with no remorse. Bridgewater is not on this type of time. Let me tell you. I, I, you know what I'm saying? So most people don't know where Bridgewater is, but Bridgewater is pretty much in rural Virginia. So, you know, given the fact that we're in rural Virginia, a lot of, I can't even sugarcoat it, a lot of right-wing people 
a lot of anti-maskers up here. And, you know, it's just kind of hard to enforce that when, like, you got a good percentage of people just not wanting to wear a mask. Like, obviously, you know what I'm saying? We're, we have signs up. We have requirements that you have to wear a mask, you know what I'm saying, pretty much everywhere you go. Um, you know, like, if you're within people. Like, obviously, if you're outside, you cannot wear it. If you're, like, just walking on a campus mall and nobody's around you, you're fine. But, you know, in buildings and heavily crowded spaces, you got to wear your mask. Um, not a lot of people, a good amount of people. There are certain repeat offenders that don't wear masks. And, like, every time I see them, I just want to, like, gank their mask up and, like, pull it up. Because <laughs> it's just kind of like, I, for me, bro, it's not even, like, it's not a political statement, G. Like, I don't want to get sick. You know what I'm saying? I would hope that you wouldn't want to get sick either. So just wear your mask, bro. You don't even have to have it on for a long. Just wear it for like five minutes when you go to the bathroom and come back. That's it, bro. Mm-hmm. Like it's just it's simple stuff, but you know, COVID times are different. Yes, sir. That's <laughs> different. Bridgewater is a private school, right? Yeah. So that's that's the wild thing too. You know, Coker, as you know, is in rural South Carolina and Hartsville, Darlington area. So, but the thing is, we're a private liberal arts institution. So we still have some anti-maskers. However, they're not allowed to be on campus because basically the president's the president's word is the one that matters. You know, they they can take away your <laughs> your civil rights if they want to. Basically, you know, right. private institutions are given so much power. But right, so. we're we're pro- sorry to interrupt, but we're private liberal arts too. And you know, I I don't know. I guess y'all president is just more strict on it, and you know, our president's our president has been on that same type of time, in my opinion, but. You know, we, we're just not as strict on that. No, oh, that's yeah. I see. I see that. That's. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. I I do understand what my president is doing, and I I actually do appreciate it. Um, as you know, I'm the, the vice president of SGA, so I'm in contact with her often. So right. I really do appreciate what she's done. You know, sometimes it might seem a little too harsh. However, people are needed to be set as an example for the school or the rest of the student population understand just how serious this is. Because I tell you, as soon as those students got removed from campus, I don't, I don't think I've seen one person without their mask on. <laughs> I really have. Exactly. <laughs> you got to make that example sometimes to let them know, Hey, this is serious. Mm-hmm. We're not playing no games, but you know, I really do commend um, your president on that. And I will say you spoke on free time having that. Um, with the free time, as far as the free time goes, we have a lot of free time, you know, even when we had like group workouts, because our group workouts are in small groups of like maybe 10, 15. So, you know, so they try to keep it small so that if like somebody, I guess, contracts COVID or whatever, it's, you know what I'm saying? You kind of you can easily trace it and know who was around who, as opposed to having a big group of like 150 guys and you're like, we're trying to scramble and like the whole team is knocked out. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like they try to like section it off that way, but those have actually gotten pushed back and not that's not due to the fact that Bridgewater has a lot of COVID cases, but like we only have like five confirmed cases. Um, we have maybe a thousand or 1100 students on campus. So, you know, as far as that goes, like reported cases, we're doing phenomenal. Like I'm not going to lie to you. I thought we'd have a lot more in this first week or so, but they actually are quarantining a lot of people. And these people that they're quarantining, they're actually, they're testing negative, but you know, they're quarantining them to be safe. You know what I'm saying? Cause they've obviously been in contact with somebody that had it. You know, and they want to make sure, like, they don't further spread it if they do have it, you know what I'm saying, when their test is coming back. So, you know, due to the, the high number of quarantines we had, we had to push back work, workouts for two weeks. But the, the free time that we actually do have um, on campus now is t- 
to me, it's just not natural, bro. And coming from being an athlete, it's kind of like your day is pretty much structured. You know, you have a set time where you do certain things, and it's kind of like when you're in season, you take it for granted. You don't really realize how good it is to have that. But all this free time, man, I just <laughs> I can't deal with it, bro. <laughs> I cannot deal with it. I definitely, I definitely understand that as an athlete as well. Um, here, <laughs> and this is the we're we're not in the same situation where our workouts really got pushed back. We're actually able to work out starting September first. So, however, it's really different than how it used to be. So, the low risk sports, so like track and field, you know, golf, they're able to practice. However, they have to wear a mask while they're exercising and things like that. And we also have to wear a mask while we're working out in the equipment room or the weight room and also in the public weight room. So it's been it's been really different trying to trying to get workouts in (laughs) and (laughs) that free time, that free time has enabled me to get a lot of my of my work ahead done ahead of time. Honestly, I've been able to stay on top of my game regarding classes and also it allows me to get my workouts done in the mornings rather than having to wait. Usually on our team, we usually practice around 3 p.m. Uh, previous right. years. So now being able to practice, wake up at 8 a.m., 9 a.m., get that workout done out the way, come back, shower, eat, be able to go to class. I think it's personally, I really enjoy that. And hearing you know the perspective that you're coming from is definitely something I, <laughs> that I, I definitely get. I really do. I really do. Right. And I feel like for me personally, like you touched on um, this being a great time as far as getting ahead in classes. Bro, this is the best like I've ever been doing in classes as far as completing homework and stuff, man. Like I'm, I'm completing assignments early. I, you know, <laughs> I'm doing stuff that I never did. And it's kind of like you finish homework early and it's like, all right, so what now? Yeah. You know, and that is like devastating because like, you know what I'm saying? You only got so much homework you can do that's due on Tuesday, Thursday. You finish all your homework and you're just sitting there for three, four odd hours. So it's kind of like, you know, and you can't really go see anybody because like COVID, be mm-hmm. safe, you know, but it's just kind of like, you know, what do you do? Like I've gotten plain sick of playing PS4. <laughs> <laughs> I've realized that Electronic Arts is probably the worst gaming company in America and they make, the, that's, that's not a bad story, but. <laughs> They stink. <laughs> they stink. Long story short, but um, yeah, it's just kind of like not having that that structure daily, and that was kind of like one of the main reasons I came back to campus was you know to get back on that regular workout schedule and you know just kind of like get that structure back. But I mean, hey, COVID times, you gotta adjust. <laughs> There's nothing I can do yes, about sir, it. Definitely, you know. And I think that's where really that that time where you really don't have anything to do i think that's really where the organizations come in to take up some of that time um just being able just being in other student organizations has allowed me to really not feel like i'm just i'm just wandering and wasting my time basically so right right and i I agree i'm definitely i'm involved in the um, student athlete advisory committee but student athlete there's no sports going on, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and then I'm involved in like the sports media, which like, you know what I'm saying? We write the games and, you know, it's kind of like the broadcast thing of like the sports for Bridgewater, but obviously there's no sports going on. So all of my clubs and stuff are pretty much shot, like, you know, but, um, 
don't know. I, I definitely enjoy being around on campus, around friends and just seeing sure. people. You know, it, it was refreshing to see people and, you know, not just, you know, love my family to death, but, you know, it, it was kind of good to just get out the house and see people, you know, from a safe distance, being safe, obviously, but, you know, just to see somebody else, was it was great. But, um, yeah, man, <laughs> it's crazy times we're living in. <laughs> crazy, crazy. But um, we'll go ahead and jump into the next topic. We'll talk about college football, football in general returning. Um, as of now, college football, the week one slate of games, it, it finishes tomorrow with the last um, game, BYU versus Navy. But so far, the week one slate of games is going well. Um, I personally only watched one of the games. It was the uh, the Marshall Eastern Kentucky. I saw like a bit, a bit of that, which Marshall beat Eastern Kentucky 59-0. So <laughs> that was a slaughter. But, <laughs> you know, it, it was good to actually just like watch football and see something. Like it was it was weird for sure because like there weren't many fans in the stands. And like, you know, obviously I play college football. We're not playing football. So to see somebody in college playing ball and you're not playing ball, it's it's weird. It makes you feel like, you know, you're doing something wrong when – you're not, it's uncontrollable, but I, I don't know if you watched any of the games, but how did you feel if you did watch the game? How did you feel about that? And how do you feel about these colleges returning? Do you think it's going to be safe? Do you think it'll last? Like, you know, where do you see it going? Honestly, I can't lie to you. I, after coronavirus, I did not believe that football season was coming back until at least spring. And for some of the conferences in the NCAA, that's true. However, for some, they actually started playing games. So, when I seen the highlight on Bleacher Report of a football game, I was like, what? <laughs> Already? So I was right. honestly shocked that football came back. However, and this is uh, this is my selfish side. You know, I'm, I missed football. I can't lie. I, I, I really did miss football. I enjoyed. No cap. <laughs> I enjoyed just mm-hmm. being able to see those highlights on my on my timeline talking football again it's it's been a wild time so just to see some <laughs> sense of normalcy and i saw i forgot exactly which game it was however there was like there was a bunch of fans in the stands well it was 25 percent of the stadium was full and they allowed you to take off your mask when you sat sat down and there was like a group of students a big cluster of students like 20 students who were all together you know without their mask in close proximity so right. seeing something like that I don't know just how long this will last, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very – the fact that they even got to this point, okay, I will say that it surpassed my expectations. So I don't think – if right. the players if the players are tested and they test negative and continue to test negative, which they have been doing, then I, I honestly can see them finishing the season. And the schools right. make their money. It's a win-win for the students and – the school but for, if they don't and <laughs> this little experiment is going to be thrown right out the window really and i also I, I definitely agree with you when it comes to um you know the college football point i think that you know if they continue to test uh the players and they continue to test negative and you know so they're taking care of their business then yeah they for sure could finish it but i will say i think they will definitely transition to no fans eventually like i know they're doing like the certain percentages capacities of certain stadiums and stuff like that but you know like you referenced that cluster of students 
you know, <laughs> you put some college kids inside the stadium and you, you bring back football, it's kind of impossible to stay away. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And not like get, get hype, get rowdy. So I definitely think they'll end up transitioning to um, the no fans model, kind of like the NFL is doing. And we'll go ahead and talk about the NFL while we're at it. They're coming back next week, next Sunday, for the first full slate of games. And that is refreshing. Oh, my God. I am I'm so – listen, the Panthers, get, the Panthers get a solid quarter out of me. And if they don't impress me, NFL residents, <laughs> let's just say that. <laughs> let's just say that. Like, I, I definitely will start watching the Panthers, but uh, – NFL red zone, it's going to be hot. Like, I, I cannot wait. And I think – majority if not all of the nfl teams are doing no fans i know i know the panthers are doing it like one week at a time which is stupid because covid is not going to go away in a week so you know i i don't i don't really get that but majority we're doing no fans which it's it'll be interesting to see how that works i know with the nba it's it's a smaller stadium they're in disney so you know what i'm saying obviously they can make it look more compact and visually appealing it won't feel as empty but but some of these stadiums are large as far as football goes. So I don't know how the, I don't know how they're even going to do this. I don't know how this is going to look, but I'm excited. Uh, I uh, you are speaking to the choir, and when you when you talk about NFL Red Zone, I rebut that point with buff streams. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I don't do none of that. The handsome so. feed. <laughs> the handsome feed. What? Gonna <laughs> be lit. Oh my god! But uh, with with that point being said, um, I agree with your statement that. You know, it coronavirus is not going to go away anytime soon. So the fact that they're trying to, I think they're just trying to leave the window open for the possibility, because again, them not having fans, they're losing a lot of money with uh, concessions, with admission tickets, with souvenirs. They're just losing a ton of money. However, the one thing that I did like that the NFL is doing is that they're having sponsorships or basically, yeah, a bunch of sponsorships type poster things that are in the first rows where the cameras can see. So That's what they're doing? Yeah, yeah. They're doing some of that for the first row. I don't I'm not sure what they're doing for every other row after that, but so the, the cameras will be uh, the companies will be allowed to advertise their product. They can make some of their money back at least. However, I know that college doesn't have the same luxury as the NFL does in that sense. So I think I know for sure. I know for sure that College is going to go away from fans. You know, I, I can almost guarantee they're going to go away from fans for the time being, at least. And the NFL can at least they, they can try to leave that window open, but I don't feel like it's going to happen either, honestly. At, yeah. at least for this this year. Yeah, I, I definitely can't foresee fans happening as far and honestly, these these teams that do sporting events and they try to um try to like kind of test it out and see how it goes it. On camera, it, it doesn't look safe. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. Just looking at it, like, watching it for a moment, it, it doesn't look safe. It doesn't look like something that I want to do if I was in that situation. But, I mean, hey, more power to you. But, I mean, I, I don't know. It's just kind of like in the times where it's so frowned upon to even be seen with somebody that's not like your mom, your dad, or your brother. It's kind of like, you know, that, that's, a, that's a huge gamble. <laughs> it really is a huge gamble. So, but, um. Shoot, since we're on the NFL, we can go ahead and just, you know, quick little fantasy predictions. I'm gonna just throw it out there. I think Cam I think Cam's gonna be the top quarterback fantasy wise in the league this year. I think he's gonna I think he's gonna I I know I'm I'm biased. I'm a Cam stand I'm, I'm biased as I don't know what. 
But I think that that offense is primed to do some really, really special things. Granted, they don't have a lot of weapons, but I mean, Cam's never had really had weapons. You know, he's never been given a true number one receiver. But um, I think with Josh McDaniels' offensive, well, I ain't say offensive genius. That he ain't, he ain't no genius, but <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I think with some of his game planning, I think that is definitely, you know, there's, there's a chance for something special. I don't know if you saw the clip where Cam was talking about the offense, or somebody asked him about the offense, and he kind of said what. You know, I have been thinking about what's going to happen. He was kind of like, you know, nobody really knows. I mean, obviously he knows. They know. They're in the building. But <laughs> speaking from, like, a fan perspective, nobody, know, nobody knows what they expect. Nobody knows if it's going to be true play action. Nobody knows if Cam's going to be running again. You know, we have yet to see a healthy Cam since 2018, which, I mean, that's not that far removed. But to some people if that are, you know, not Cam Newton enthusiasts, that feels like 10 years to them, so. I, I'm elated to see him prove them wrong, really. All right. That's kind of my whole deal on it. Shoot. And you know how I feel. <laughs> you definitely know how I feel. <laughs> I 100% agree. Um, not with Cam Newton being the number one QB, though. I think he's going to be up there. I think number one is going to end up being Pat Mahomes because, I'm sorry, he just has he just has the arm power. He has the skill. He has the talent. He has the coaching. He just has everything going for him. <laughs> so, Pat, in my yeah. opinion, I think Pat Mahomes is going to be number one QB. But I think Cam Newton will finish QB5 at least. Because, again, just having, like you said, Josh McDaniel's offensive coordinator, you know, Julian Edelman, solid hands. They just cut Muhammad Sanu. So I have no idea who's playing outside receiver. (laughs) But I I guess we're going to find out. You know, they can pull somebody off the street and the Patriots will find a way. So it's really going to be a spectacular season fantasy-wise. And I think that's something that's really underrated about football coming back. You know, just having fantasy football again. I remember we're in the same uh, fantasy football league. I remember sitting down one day and I saw the invite to a fantasy football league. I was like, what? (laughs) An invite to fantasy football? Is that is football even happening anymore? And the next thing I know, they're talking about football's coming back next week. So I'm like, okay, (laughs) okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. I got my boy uh, CMC, number two pick. So I'm not going to lie to you, Kenny. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm ready to win the league. It's as simple as that. I, I don't know about that one, Chief. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know if we're going to win the league or not. But I will say you did get blessed with Christian McCaffrey. Because <laughs> I don't remember who had the number one pick. But I think they picked, like, who would they pick? Saquon Barkley or Lamar Jackson. Okay, I get that it's Lamar Jackson. But, no, I'm not picking a quarterback pick one. That's not happening, bro. Like, <laughs> especially with Christian McCaffrey getting the ball 3,000 times a game. Yeah. You got blessed with Christian. Christian fell to you, and you know he's gonna carry the team. I'm not gonna lie to you. He sure, but, um, he sure did, man. I had, I had, I had Saquon on my watch list. I didn't even bother looking at CMC. Next thing I know, I see CMC available at the number one pick. I said, okay, <laughs> I'll gladly, dude. gladly take this. So now I can, I can watch the Panthers games not only to see how they're doing, <laughs> but also to root for my boy CMC because he's on my team. It's a win-win. It's a win-win. Right, right. Man, and I definitely, because I, I think I had, like, the fourth or fifth pick, but I was definitely, I was eyeing Christian McCaffrey because I, you know, I figured somebody make a boneheaded move and pick, like, Lamar Jackson first or somebody probably pick Saquon or something like that. So I was definitely eyeing Christian McCaffrey, but he, did, he didn't get picked first, and I was like, oh, Seraphim's a Panthers fan. He knows what Christian McCaffrey can do. <laughs> it's over. I'm not getting him. But um, I think my team is, my team is, I'm not going to lie to you. My team this year is kind of middle of the road. I know last year my team was great. I ended up finishing second in the league. So 
you know, that was kind of great. Uh, the, the whole league was hating on me. They thought I wasn't going to do it, but I did it. <laughs> <laughs> I got hate every week. I always got the, yo, if you lose to Kenny, you're this, this. And Kenny was nice last year. Ken, Kenny was nice last year. Let, let's not do that. <laughs> Kenny was nice. You will never hear but, uh, You will never hear me say that out loud. <laughs> that, that, that's fine, because I definitely beat you twice. <laughs> I remember I played I played you first. When I beat you, you were like you were shocked. You were like, "How is this happening?" And I was like, "Man, I got jacks up my, you know, what I'm, saying? I'm, I'm nice. Listen, I'm like that, Coach. I'm I like definitely that. do not recall. Okay, <laughs> I don't recall. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I definitely think this year we're middle of the road, and like I have quite a bit of questionable players that I didn't realize. Like, like you said, nobody really thought football was going to happen this year, so we weren't really paying attention to it in depth over the summer. Um. And I definitely I, – I picked Alvin Kamara, and I'm kind of regretting that pick because I don't know. We thought he was in a contract dispute. Turns out he was just hurt, which that's not good either. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, I'm thinking he's holding out for a contract, and maybe he'll be back soon or he'll go get traded to another team or something like that. Like, they'll figure something out. No, this man needed shots in his back to – I don't know, man. It's, it's a mess. So, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, for but, sure, um, for sure, for sure. And that's <laughs> that's the crazy thing about it. And I also know that with coronavirus around, I can just see it right now. You know, you you having a wonderful week, and all of a sudden, two of your star players out, COVID nineteen. Oh my god, man! <laughs> what <laughs> the waiver wire is going to be on fire this year? <laughs> Every single week, Every, I can feel it. Who was that one dude that y'all picked up last year or something like that? They were talk- making fun of. You talking about Buck <laughs> Allen? Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be a lot of Buck Allens out here, G. A lot of them. But um, yeah, we'll go ahead and uh, stay on topic of sports. We'll talk about the NBA playoffs. Um, so we. Funny story. We originally planned to like come back because we took a little hiatus in the podcast. Obviously, we had to move in and just to college and you know figure out what we were doing. But we planned to end up like record around the end of you know the first round of the playoffs. Uh, let's just say two of the games that we thought were going to end in maybe five or six ended up going seven. We kept getting pushed back, and you know the playoffs are a mess. Oh. It, it's it's so unpredictable right now because I mean like it's, we have no there are no fans. No crowd involvement, so it's just kind of like I don't know. It's it's definitely a mess. But um, Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. The 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 supposed the defensive player of the year and speculated MVP. I think Bron's MVP, but anywho, the speculated MVP is um. Well, he, he's injured. He got injured today, but in these past three games, he was kind of getting worked. He got clamped. <laughs> He got clapped. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's not looking good for the Bucks. Kinda, kinda. That man was put in a complete box. This, this man, <laughs> kinda. <laughs> that man was averaging around 17 points per game as a as a defensive player of the year and MVP. Two two time back to back MVP. Okay, so it's to say disappointment is to say that I'm disappointed in his play would be a complete understatement. This man has been playing like 
he forgot how to completely play basketball. It's like, is he 17 all over again, just picking up a ball for the first time? Like, <laughs> like it's with, been like, ridiculous. Like when the Monstars took uh, to eight talents and stuff. <laughs> Somebody hit Giannis with the ball and he just forgot how to play basketball. Oh my God. And it's been, it, a lot of it has been the way Miami's playing him. So every time, we all, we both know that Giannis is a transition monster. He will yeah. go into the paint, get it, do his little euro or spin move because that's the <laughs> only two moves he has in his book, and exactly. just dunk on everybody. But however, they're they're able to like do what Toronto did last year to Giannis, and that's basically wall up, have three people facing Giannis at all times, so he's deterred from driving and forced to basically shoot threes or try to spin his way into a turnover, which right. is which is what he's been doing. Right. So that's part of the reason why he's been playing so bad. The other part of the reason. Is that Coach Bud, Coach Budenholzer? Budenholzer. Yeah, Mike Budenholzer. Mike Budenholzer. They call him Coach Bud. And he's just been, oh, my God. I To say he's been horrible has been an understanding. God. The man does not make adjustments to save his life. He's been playing Giannis like it's an all-star game. Like, who <laughs> plays your star player in the playoffs 29 minutes, 30 minutes? You're down, you're down 1-0. You play him 30 minutes. You're down 2-0. And with your season on the line, Kenny, you play your MVP defensive player of the year. 31 minutes. Uh, bro, all I'm saying is my MVP would never. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. My MVP is playing 40-plus regardless. We could be blowing them out. He's still probably getting 40-plus minutes. Those last so, eight are, are going to be in the, uh, the fourth quarter. but <laughs> For sure. And it just doesn't make any sense to me that their coach would even think this is viable strategy. It, the, as we both know, the playoffs are all about making adjustments at the time necessary. That's right. shown by Coach Nick Nurse for the Toronto Raptors. He's willing to make whatever adjustment necessary. He played Lowry when they're down 2-0. He played Kyle Lowry 46 minutes in a game. There's 48 minutes uh, total in the NBA game for everyone that doesn't know. Giannis, Giannis which is who is, uh, I will gladly say, five times better than Kyle Lowry, played 30 <laughs> minutes. So it's just like, and you don't even put him on the other team's best player. He's the defensive player of the year, and you refuse to put Giannis on Jimmy Butler, who was dropping 40 points, 30 points. And it's just, it blows my mind to see just how terrible, I won't say his coaching is terrible. He just refuses to make adjustments necessary for the postseason. And that's why I feel like, you know, they just won today off the uh, off the grace of Chris Middleton's right hand because he just decided to <laughs> turn into Kobe. So, they won today. Chris Middleton. Oh, my God. <laughs> they won today, but I feel like their season will be over. And if their season is over, let's say next game, next two games, even if they go to seven, Budenholzer has to be fired. <laughs> They're not going to win a Without championship a doubt. with him. Without a doubt. <laughs> Without a doubt. I definitely agree. And I'll, I'll personally say this whole bubble playoff format goes – Obviously, there's no crowd involvement, so momentum is not really one of those things that you can kind of, you know, gain off a three-pointer. I, I feel like, and I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like a lot of, like, like being, you know, kind of magnified in the sense that, like, there's, there's no crowd involvement. So you, you got to find your strategy. You got to find ways to get hot, your strategies and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of these coaches are messing up. Like you, like you just pointed out, you just give a whole random boot and hoser. He's doing terrible. One of the coaches that I really noticed that did really poorly in these playoffs 
is Billy Donovan. Mm-hmm. Uh, dude, okay, so they had the Rockets on the ropes. Don't ask me how Chris Paul dragged these players to do this, but they had the Rockets on. The you ropes, mean okay? you mean Lou Lou Dort? How Lou Dort dragged them to do this? <laughs> yeah, Lou, Lou Dort just dropped Lou, Lou Dort. Gar- complete garbage. The first six games, game seven, All Star thirty. <laughs> Give me those, but I, I remember it like it was literally air. Um, my friend Cam- Cameron plays basketball. He was in the room with me as well. Zay was in the room. Deshaun's in the room. We're watching basketball. Eric is in the room as well. Cam and Eric play basketball. But, I mean, everybody in the room has pretty much a general knowledge of what's going on. We're watching that last play where they're trying to figure out who's getting the ball or whatever. Bro, I promise you, there is nothing in between Steven Adams and the net. Why are they not, like, <laughs> they, they run the they run the play. It doesn't work. They call timeout. They go back out in the same set. And apparently there's a foul. So they had three chances in the same set to figure out what they were going to do. P.J. Tucker plays, uh, plays Steven Adams the same way all three times. <laughs> Nothing between Steven Adams and the basket. Steven Adams is – hold on. How tall is Steven Adams? He's he got to be seven foot. Yeah, he's a seven-footer. Steven Adams is seven feet tall. Throw the ball up to Steven Adams. Just throw it at the goal. He will grab it. He will put it in. Even I was the most technically skilled player. I'm not saying he's the best, but he is seven feet tall. PJ Tucker is not seven feet tall. You can get the ball over Tucker to Steven Adams when there's nobody in between Steven Adams and the basket. Like, I feel like it's just common sense, dude. Like, if you come out in the set and you see that they're not playing it, they're literally giving Steven Adams, they're telling Steven Adams to shoot the ball. We don't believe in you. Right by the basket, two feet away. You know, we're going to focus on Chris Paul. And that's what they did. And I mean, in the end, James Harden's defense, go figure. Never would have seen that one coming, but James Harden's defense actually won him the game. So, you know, it's just these playoffs are interesting to watch. Like, I, I love watching the games because it's, it's it gives you something to watch, and it's definitely like it's it's entertaining. But God, that was god awful coaching the past or the last two minutes of that game. It's terrible agree. coaching. I agree. I agree, and I think I think Billy Donovan is one of those coaches who, who he's just not built for the playoffs either. <laughs> just not and I think he needs to be fired too honestly you know I hate to see another man lose his job but that him and coach Bud they both need to be gone and <laughs> you know you talked about James Harden and <laughs> making the defensive stop for the game I could have told you that was going to happen because I was watching that sure. game and I was I, I'm not gonna lie I was a bit upset because James Harden James Harden acted like Lou Dort was the greatest defender he's ever seen which he Lou Dort is don't don't get me wrong. Lou Dort is an amazing defender. He 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 block, plays James Harden like nobody I've ever seen. Nobody can lock up James Harden like Lou Dort did this over the seven game series or the last three games I should say, which is when he actually started guarding James Harden. But right. to see to see that play, James Harden um stop the the lob to. Stephen Adams, and then be able to stop the skip pass or block the skip pass to Lou Dort. <laughs> when I tell you I was mm. I was hyped when I seen that play, when I seen the block, and not only the block, but when they both went up for the ball and he, Lou Dort tried to throw it off James Harden's leg and he jumped up and dodged it. Kenny. Yeah. 
I lost my barbels. I, I really did. <laughs> I, I went berserk. I couldn't believe it. I said, yes, sir. That that right there is a legacy-defining moment. That's what you have to do as a superstar, even if you're playing horrible. He played terrible. He said it himself. He played like trash. His offense was horrible. But guess what James yeah. Harden did, which a lot of you have been sleeping on for a long, long time now, but I'm glad to know that everyone is awake. James Harden plays defense, and not only did he play defense, he saved a series and he saved the Houston Rockets championship aspirations with his defense, with that block shot. On a man, may I remind you, that decided to turn into prime Ray Allen for game seven <laughs> after going two for 15 the last three games from three. So, hey, that yeah. is a legacy-defining moment, <laughs> and I, I was so happy to see that it was James Harden who made that play. Man, I I was in shock. I was in shock. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm not without sleep. That's definitely me. It was me. <laughs> Completely sleep, man. But um I don't know. I think that last play, like I said before, uh Coach Billy Donovan the whole format plan that he had like laid out that was a botch anyways, but you know what happened, I think you know what I'm saying, obviously James boxed the shot that goes up. But I think Lou Dort kind of panicked for oh, sure. Yes. Because I I think any sensible – I mean, not any sensible. I'm not going to say he's obviously – he's in the NBA. He's one of the best players in the world. But, you know, I think that being calm and composed, he really could have grabbed the ball and got another shot off instead of trying to throw it at uh, James' leg, which – I mean, he was out anyways. They would figure that out. But in the moment, the heat of battle, he tried to throw it off James Harden's leg, which I was kind of like, why would you do I don't know, man. Like you said, James made a, he made a heck of a play. Got to give it to him. I'm not a James enthusiast, but I got to give it to him. Made a heck of a play. <laughs> he did. It's okay. You will be. You will be one day, man. No. When he retires, maybe you understand. I can't. But, I, James Harden's game. You know this. <laughs> uh, anyway, anyway, I feel like that's with the composure that you've been talking about. That's something that also. I felt that Lou Dort could have worked on. And that's something I was watching a game with some of my teammates. And that's something that really made um, one of my teammates upset because he had he he had OKC winning that game. All Lou Dort had to do, all he had to do was catch the ball, pump fake, dribble to the side, and shoot it. And he would have had a wide open three. Yeah. He would have had a wide open three. Definitely. And that just yeah, and that just speaks to the I won't say lack of knowledge, but lack of experience as a rookie. Uh, undrafted rookie right. and not only that he's not a shooter <laughs> he's not a yeah <laughs> i can't i can't emphasize this enough he went he went two for 15 two for 15 the two previous games before and then all of a sudden he decides to shoot 50 percent from three in game seven and score 30 points so he's not used to that being able to pump fake sidestep and get a shot he he lost his composure he just thought i need to get this shot off we're running out of time and you know, it's unfortunate for him. I'm a big fan of Lou Dort now. I did not know who he was until this series, but I'm a big fan of him just because of how he played James Harden and the fact that he remained confident regardless of just how bad he was shooting because he was shooting horrible. Whew, Andre Roberson type numbers, but... <laughs> so <Subject. laughs> the The fact that he, he shot it and James Harden blocked it, you know, I, I give him all props for... I give Lou Dort all props for shooting that because it definitely helped James Harden legacy. So, you know, I thank him. Um, James Harden is a better player than he was yesterday, as as shown by game one of the Lakers game, you know, with him dropping 36 on Danny Green like it was nothing. 
on efficient shooting because again, Danny Green, LeBron James, uh, Alex Caruso, KCP, you know who they're not. They're not Lou Dortz, okay? They're not Lou Dortz. So James Harden is finally <laughs> unshackled from the lockdown box that Lou Dortz was putting him in. And he's finally able to just completely ball out, which is what he's doing against L.A., which is unfortunate because L.A. is my favorite team. But Harden is my favorite player, so I guess it's a win-win. See, I, I was definitely going to ask you that, you know what I'm saying, at the conclusion of the rant. But um, you're in a rock and a hard place, sir. I really <laughs> You've, you've got your favorite team going against your favorite player. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not going to say it's a lot of two-faced stuff going on, but, you know, <laughs> who are you rooting for, G? Listen, <laughs> who are you with? Listen, it's really, really tough. It has been because the, on game one, I was like, okay, I wanted to see James Harden do something because after what he did again with the block shot and everything, I did want him to do something. So I was, I was happy that the Rockets won. However, now I'm really conflicted because this is my mindset, right? I want James mm-hmm. Harden to win a ring. James Harden and Russell Westbrook's helping him, of course. James Harden and Rocco, uh, Robert Covington are two of my favorite players in the NBA. So just them on the same team, it's just like I want them. I want to see James Harden win a ring. Okay, so LeBron James already has three, and if he loses, if he loses in the second round, then it won't really damage his legacy because he didn't lose in the finals, right? Cap, but cap, cap. cap. Let me stop you right there. <laughs> Let me stop you right there. Cap, because do you, oh, listen. If LeBron James loses in the second round, do you know how many Jordan stands are going to come out of the woodwork? <laughs> and bash this man's whole career like it didn't happen. Bro, they were all threatened because they went 10-0 to Portland in the first round. And the Jordan fans were already threatened as if Jordan didn't lose in the first round. That's neither here nor there. Already threatened said, oh, if LeBron loses in the first round, they ended up winning 4-1. to But they were already talking that noise. So I, I, I don't need to see that. I, I just don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to see that negativity on my timeline. Not at all. Uh I, hey, listen, I understand. I understand. I understand. But he can survive losing in the second round. If he lost in the first round, oh, it was done. Uh, to Damian Lillard and Carme- Carmelo Anthony, uh, the guy who needs to send in his, as, as you know, he needs to send in his resignation letter. But Carmelo Anthony yeah. and Dame Lillard, yeah, he would have been done. But in the second round against James Harden, Russell Westbrook, I think it would be a whole lot more understandable than if, he, if LeBron James made the finals this year and lost. And it's just, that's why it's so, it's conflicting for me because I feel like this is the best year for James Harden to win a ring. I really do. You know, this is the perfect time, the bubble. We talked about this in one of our earlier podcasts. He has the stamina, the energy now. He hasn't had to carry his team for 81 games. They had a whole four-month layoff. So it's just, it's a whole lot of factors going in their favor. And this is why I wish that, they played the Clippers in the second round. So I can have at least one more round. You know, if Harden and them lost to the Clippers, I'll be like, okay, we know, 100% Lakers. But if, but now. <laughs> oh, man, this is, this is great. <laughs> listen, this listen, is great. I, I got to say it, man. I got to say it. Rockets and seven. Oh, no. I got to say, say it. I'm sorry. Well, Rock- listen, since you, you gave a picture for that series, um, before we get out of here, you might as well do the rest of them, even though you were completely wrong on that one. Let, let me just <laughs> throw that in there right now. Might I add, you were completely wrong. But, you know, 
the rest of the series before we get out of here, man. That's a terrible, <sighs> a terrible start for you, but hey, you can. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, Kenny, is uh, you said it, rock in a hard place, and it's so hard. It's so hard to choose because when you when you have a favorite player, like you, you just it, it attached to the team, you know, by, as a result. So, but yeah. I got rockets to seven. Yeah, as you know, the Bucks, the Bucks and Heat, that that series is over. Yeah, I got Heat in five. <laughs> right. <laughs> heat in five. I got honestly, right now Boston and Toronto is two two series. I'm not a big fan of Boston, but I also don't like the the Raptors as a matchup for both the Houston Rockets and the Lakers if they make the finals. So, I got Boston in six or not six. I got Boston in seven as well, and. The last playoff series, <laughs> Kenny. Uh... Let Let's hope that Denver can do. Matt, I, okay. So listen. <laughs> side note: Kawhi Leonard played like in the fourth quarter, and you know we haven't really heard much slander from. But you know that that's I think they're there. But uh, that Denver can pull this off. Let's I, hope Denver can pull this. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Because. Whoever, if Denver wins, oh, whoever wins the Rockets and Lakers series is winning the, the NBA Finals. I can just tell you that right now. <laughs> really? Cakewalk. But, yeah, but I got, I got Clippers in five. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't see, I don't see Denver doing anything to them really. Yeah, my my predictions are kind of spot on. Mine is that completely blasphemous first prediction you had. Um, mine are kind of spot on. You know, I got obviously the Heat. And- done um i'll definitely say i'll take boston in seven you know i think that's that's a really competitive series it, it started off looking like it was going to be a sweep mm-hmm. and then toronto came back you know some of the you know they came back with a little low heat so you know that that'll be seven but i think boston ended up edging them um like i said I, i'd hope for denver to somehow pull out the series in seven maybe six realistically clippers in five you know <laughs> but <laughs> i hope denver can do it and um Lakers and five, simple. Ooh. Lakers, oh, Lakers and five. Oh, because 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 lat the first they started off 0-1 first round. Obviously, I mean it's just two different teams. But once they busted out the Mamba jerseys, GG. Listen, series listen, is over. Listen, series is over. Listen, there's a there's a major difference. Okay, I will tell you. There's a major difference from Carmelo Anthony to PJ Tucker. All right, yeah. I, I can I can assure you that for sure. Rockets defense is too elite right now. They are too elite, and Lakers defense, Lakers offense has been struggling, and that's not to the fault of LeBron James. Sometimes it's AD because he does sell. He really does sell. But yeah, for sure. Most of the time, it's Danny Green and the rest of the shooters that just can't hit a shot. And also, yeah. oh please, please, I I don't want to go off on this man, but why, why is Rajon Rondo? For the first time playing in since March, why is he playing twenty five minutes against the Rockets? Why is he doing that? I don't. I don't really understand how he's getting minutes ahead of. I mean, J.R. Smith is not great, but J.R. Smith at least creates shots. Rajon Rondo is not creating any kind of shot, so I, I don't really understand why he's getting minutes to begin with. But I, I don't know. I, I can't explain that one. I, I really can't. <laughs> it, it makes no sense. Listen, I, I can tell you this right now: if Rajon Rondo plays twenty minutes a game. Rockets in five. Rockets in four, maybe. Because Rajon Rondo is... I'm, I don't want to go on... I really don't want to go on a tangent, but it just irks me, even during the regular season, to see Rajon Rondo even touch the floor, okay? He can't... He, there's no such thing. I'll tell you right now. There's no such thing as playoff Rondo. It doesn't exist. It's a myth. 
It's a myth. I don't understand why people believe that Rajon Rondo will somehow turn it around and turn into some some prime Ray Allen like Lou Dortz or something and just average 10 assists a game. Every time the ball is in Rajon Rondo's hand, nothing good happens. Nothing good happens. And not only does nothing good happen, you also take it out the hand of your best player, LeBron James. Why would you take the ball out of LeBron James, a top two, unanimous top two player in NBA history, and give it to Rajon Rondo in the hope, in the hope that the myth of playoff Rondo will exist and will pop out in front of you, even though, Penny, even though he hasn't played since March. Since March. I don't... Somebody got to tell me what type of dirt Rajon Rondo has on Frank Vogel because I need to find out why he's even <laughs> on the floor ever. Why Why is he getting minutes? Why? Why? Hey man, he must got Jenny Buss in the headlock. Because <laughs> <laughs> good, good God almighty, he shouldn't even be close to the floor. He's like, you preach to the choir, man. But, oh, my God. Hey. Now that listen, Kenny, that's oh, that's another dude that needs to retire. Okay, he needs to be out out of here with yeah. with Carmelo Anthony. Both of them need to be gone. I I'm tired of seeing them in the NBA, especially Rajon Rondo being on the Lakers. Oh my god, oh my god. Look, yeah, that, that's go ahead. Oh. That's backwards. But um, no, I was gonna say, man, Lakers game actually comes on in like maybe 15 minutes or so. So. You know, get upstairs, watch that. But um, you know, any parting words, man? Any parting? You know, it's good. It's good to be back. <laughs> I will say it's good to be back after this little hiatus we had. Good to be back recording again. Um, we'll get back right. You know, <laughs> obviously with you know classes and homework and stuff, we got a lot of free time with you know COVID being COVID. But you know, at the same time, we still got to like you know what I'm saying class comes first, so we got to get that right for sure. But um, we'll be back on a regular schedule, you know, we're not really going anywhere. We're, I, like I said, we're, we're not going nowhere. Mm-hmm. We're here to stay this time. We're here to stay. So, you know, anything you want to say to the people, Seraph? Uh I want to say, you know, if you're listening with us, if you continue to support us, I want to say you are greatly, greatly appreciated. Uh, Kenny, we aren't doing this for the fans. We're really doing this for, for us, honestly. You know, it's fun talking, giving our – opinions about stuff that not necessarily anybody cares about but it's fun and <laughs> yeah <laughs> so if you're here listening to us give our opinions you know to just college college students in rural virginia and rural south carolina i just want to say i really appreciate you i really appreciate you and i hope that you continue with us on this journey uh and then there were two you know so <laughs> thank you of course man of course, of course, without a doubt. Thank y'all. We definitely appreciate y'all, man. Don't be afraid to send this podcast to auntie. Send it to your mama. Send it to your brother. Send it to anybody. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? We, like you said, we do, we do this for us. We, you know, so we're happy to be just talking about sports. That's what we always do. But at the end of the day, man, we got to get it out there somehow. I'd like <laughs> people to hear us, you know? So don't be afraid to send it to everybody, you know? Um, thank y'all for listening again this week. Another episode. Uh be back same time next week uh barring any covid changes we'll be back so you know thanks for sticking in there i'm kenny this is sheriff and we're out